Good morning. It is April what is it? 24th, 2023. God bless you all. This is Brooke. And I am just coming today. The Lord is just speaking on my heart. So Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit, for pouring out the Holy Spirit and giving to each and every one of us the ability to hear what you're saying. Particularly in this time, Father, I just know that everyone listening and everyone right now in the kingdom has been designed for this specific time. <clears throat> and it's so exciting. There is so much going on. The Lord has been speaking to me specifically about surrender and what it means to lay down our life for Him. And I'm reminded too um, in Romans 12. I'll just flip there really quick. Romans 12, the Lord <clears throat> through Paul is talking about our lives being a living sacrifice. And 12.1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I'm just thinking about that. And we as Christians and Christ followers, we love quoting that verse. That is one that most of us actually have memorized. But there is the difference of knowing and quoting that verse and actually living it out and how that looks. And it's different for every family and every person. And one thing that the Lord has been speaking to me is about our bodies being a living sacrifice. And what does that mean? It's not just denying yourself from things that are not good. Say, for example, if someone likes to smoke or drink or, you know, drugs or overindulge on food or, you know, whatever, um, that's not the entirety of denying yourself and becoming a living sacrifice. That's just simple obedience. And, but being a living sacrifice, it's about serving the Lord through the thick and the thin and doing things that are in God's will. And his will is his word. It tells you what his will is. We don't have to guess and we don't have to think his will is going to come knocking on our door someday and we'll just be obedient in the meantime. We have to step out in faith if we want to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And it looks different. And one thing I'm reminded of is Christ believers were set apart. So if our walk looks similar to someone, say our neighbor, who's a non-believer, but we look similar, meaning like we have the same patterns in our family. We have the same traditions that they do. We have the same schools that our kids go to. We have the same, like everything kind of looks the same. How are we being set apart? Is it just in thought? Is it just by being this obedient? Well, you know, on Sunday morning, they're watching a football game and I'm going to go to church. Is that what being set apart is? No, that's not. That's not a living sacrifice. And I've been really thinking about this a lot lately and just my own walk. And in Luke 9, 57, the cost of following Jesus. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. 
And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That speaks volumes. Here we have someone saying, Lord, I'll follow you, but wait, let me go handle my family affairs first. Lord, I'll follow you, but I've just, I got to deal with this stuff with my my dad first and deal with this. So we, we are like, Lord, we want to follow you, but you know, we got to make sure that our 401k is secure. We got to make sure that <clears throat> our children are lined up and going to the next university. This is all pagan talk. Um, are those things necessarily bad? No. Is it the Lord's will? Maybe for some, but God says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That means when God's word settled into each of our heart, when we receive Jesus, we're, we are given the equipment to plow the field. We don't get the equipment and then just look back like, oh, okay. You know, looking back at our former life. And so I was reminded this week of what we bring as a living sacrifice to the kingdom of God. And I'm growing in the Lord and in the Holy Spirit and his command to love and how that looks. And sometimes it's, it's, we know love, his command to love is not a feeling. It's not a mutual cultural, uh, contextual slogan. It's his love can be painful. It's truth. It cuts deep. It divides joint and marrow. Like Hebrews talks about his word does that. His word is love. His word is Christ. His word became flesh. And we are in this all awesome time of what I feel is birth pains. And I recently heard someone else describe that, that at first they're uncomfortable and they're not so frequent. And I think we're kind of in that phase. Things are just starting to get uncomfortable, but it's not too frequent, meaning, you know, we're still able to kind of get through our days and we're still able to enjoy shows and, you know, things that, you know, even looking at it through the lens of spiritual gathering, we're still able to get access to God's word online. I mean, we're, we're pretty comfortable here in the U.S., but the pains are starting. And so how does that look like when we offer our body up as a living sacrifice in this time? And I was reminded of a recent just situation I was able to look at and there was a church and this church's main pastor had taken a Sunday off and 
he had lined up someone else who was able, quite able in God's body to give a great word and to run a service to stand in place. And from what I learned is that attendance was actually not as strong as what it used to be uh, or what it usually is when this when the main pastor's there. And this is not new um, for American churches. I went to another church years ago. I recall same situation. The pastor was even on stage and had called out the people, the sheep. And he was like, why do some of you not show up if I'm not here? And I think it's interesting because why do they not show up? If we're offering our bodies as a living sacrifice and knowing that showing up, even when the main man isn't there, the main guy isn't there, how that brings joy to the pastor because he knows that he's tending the flock well and he's stewarding the lives that the Lord has brought in to him well when they show up when he's not there and to just not show up because a certain person isn't there it just reminds me when the when the word in James talks about being tossed to and fro so I think where I've grown in my walk is that I used to show up at church or at gatherings, however, to be a consumer. I wanted to consume as much as I could. I was hungry. I was consuming. And if I felt that I couldn't consume from that situation, then I would t take a step back. But that isn't any different than the mentality of the rest of the pagan world because it's a consuming world, right? But God with Christ, he told us it's about denying ourselves. So denying ourselves, a great example is to show is to show up at service when your favorite person isn't there. And I might also add that people that do that are, um, um, they are elevating man and not God. Because clearly the pastors, it does hurt them that their flock doesn't show up, that the parisher, parishers, parishers or congregants don't show up. It does hurt them. But do, do the congregants even know that? I mean, are they so self-absorbed in their walk that they can't even understand that it actually serves the leaders when they show up? If the main people aren't going to be around? So I just had a be reminded that when Jesus, I even think when he come in to that week before he was about to be crucified and he comes in and the people were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna on the high. But yet a week later, it was that same people saying crucify. That is the heart of someone who doesn't show up when they feel like they can't get something out of it. And, um, it just does remind me, I'll just call it out. It's, it's spiritual immaturity for sure. And I will confess I was there. So praise God. He's walked me through that. But I also was reminded that the multitudes 
would leave Jesus when he said something they didn't like. And he knew their heart. They wanted him for just healing. They wanted to use him for healing, making themselves feel better. But when it when the role was reversed, when Jesus needed them, they walked away. They walked away. <clears throat> so in Luke 4, verse 18, this is Jesus. He's standing up. He's starting his ministry. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set as liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been filled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet of Elisha. And none of them was cleansed, but only Nahum, the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out. <clears throat> they drove him out of the town, brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their mist, he went away. Jesus left them even in the middle of them. And I just find this amazing because he's calling out their heart posture. He's saying, yeah, look, when there was a famine, there was only one who the prophet went to because the rest of them had such a ugly heart. And just think of it like a spiritual famine. And even the lepers, those were who are, who are unclean, who are full of sin and have not repented. Only one got healed. So Jesus don't need a lot because he knows the masses will leave. He knows the masses will leave. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He's like, I've got to go, but the, the one who comes will be better. And so the Holy Spirit is what keeps us. But if we're walking without the Holy Spirit, if we're letting other spirits lead us that are demonic, that are antichrist, like antichrist themes, antichrist ideas, anything that opposes the Holy Spirit, then we are choosing to walk away from the Lord. And we're just like those people that don't want to show up on a Sunday morning. Because again, we've got this consuming mindset. So Luke number seven, or Luke chapter seven, verses 31 <clears throat> To 35 and as you wish that others oh wait no sorry that's here we go okay 31 to what then shall I compare the people of this generation and what are they like so again we are the people of this generation right because it's just this 
time that we're in. They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine and you say he has a demon the son of man has come eating and drinking and you say look at him a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners yet wisdom is justified by all her children so we can see that when you just are serving yourself but you have this false humility in christ you're going to look at the actual works of the lord and what he's doing and you can't even see what's going on they looked at jesus and they're like Oh, you say you're king, but you're sitting with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus didn't come. He didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. And that's the whole point. That's the irony is you're, by skipping a service, you're sick. Unless you're physically sick. But if you just look at it like, oh, he ain't going to be there. I'm going to jump ship and go somewhere else. Being tossed to and fro. You better pray for some spiritual foundation. Again, Luke... Luke 8. All these, I mean, there's just more and more and more of this. But Luke 8, 13. And this is the, the purpose of the parables. And the, the ones on the rock who are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. Now, isn't that a little bit of a test? Pastor doesn't show up and you're not coming to church. A little bit of a test and i'm not trying to pick on anybody but we're called to sharpen each other we are called to judge each other righteously okay the lord deals with the unbeliever but for the believers we have the brethren to love each other and sometimes love is calling each other out but there has to be a humility to think i don't like the way that sounds I don't want to agree with it, but maybe I'll take it back to the Lord and sit with it and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, is that person talking out of strife or are they talking from what the Holy Spirit is saying? Okay, so we can see that when people, they have this, this joy that there's a testing and then it just completely goes away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are cloaked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, hold it fast and honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Remember our Lord is patient and long suffering. He goes through a lot of things. He sees, I can't even imagine the souls he sees that are perishing for lack of knowledge and how that must discourage him but he shows up every morning every morning we can wake up and be like thank you for showing up today lord i messed up yesterday but you showed up today and lord you know i'm i could even mess up today and you know what you're still going to show up for me because i could even mess up today so my prayer is that we need to grow up in the spiritual body of christ we just don't have time to be playing these church games. The Lord is, 2020 was a shift. He is doing things in the body of Christ and he is sifting out the people who are really for him, who are people that can deny themselves and hold up their cross, who are people that 
and Revelation 12, 11, that talks about they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and their testimony of Jesus. And they did it not, they did it not unto their death. So they did it, death was a, I guess I could be saying that wrong, but death was an, an, an a, a relevant point, physical death. The tr their spiritual truth is what mattered. Their spiritual roots is what mattered. And so I think the bigger conversation is, is if we're not showing up to a service, whether it's home, a home service or a home group or a small gathering in a building or a large, if we're not showing up because someone isn't there, we really should be fasting and praying about where our walk is with the Lord. It's time to transition from consumption, from a consumer to serving the body. And you would be surprised that in your service, there is so much filling that you have yet to obtain because you haven't served yet. If we've been in a church setting for 10 years and you haven't done any service of any sort yet, what are you doing for the body? What are you doing? I tell you, these days ahead, they're not gonna be any easier. And I know some people don't wanna see it that way. They wanna see like, oh, things can just be evil right now. But you know, maybe the God, maybe God will just shift things for 100 or 200 years and then evil will come again. Because the way I read the word is that the days get darker, the love of many grow cold, that young people become um, disobedient towards their parents. There's lawlessness that abounds. Those are the days. And some people will say, well, it's always been like that. No, it hasn't. Not to this scale. I would pray for sharpened discernment. We've had you know, even just speaking, you know, centric to American culture, the laws that have been passed now are just, there's, there's so many conflicting, spiritually conflicting laws that are now legal. So it has not been, I heard someone try to say that it was, oh, just, this was just like that in the, during the seventies and the sexual revolution. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. We didn't have the mass amount of shootings and killings and school things. And no, it wasn't. And so um, we need to just get our head out of the clouds and, and see what's going on and see what God has for you to do in this time. And it certainly isn't jumping ship around from church to church to get yourself fed. You need to go sit and do a 40 day fast or something and sit with the Lord and really hear what he has for you to do right now because this is what we've been training for. It is all hands on deck for the body of Christ. And, and if one person isn't ready to lay down their life, that means put down the things of the world that are distracting, that are consuming, that are keeping you from full-fledged jumping in to the Lord's work. That could be different for everybody. We have to make sure we have no other idols in our life secret idols and then secretly telling ourselves oh but but we're being the light in that situation no <laughs> that's not how it works so you know nowhere when I, I read in god's word does he say um 
well, things will get lawless. There'll be this, there'll be that, but, but I'm gonna settle it down for a while and then I'm gonna do it again, but it's gonna be even worse. No, no. Just, I mean, just the, the open, we need to pray for spiritual discernment right now to open our eyes. And, and I just, you know, I get this apostolic just unction in me um, where I just, I care. I care about how the church is. I care about how the body of Christ is. I care about what we're doing in these days. For the believers, for the unbelievers, the Lord will deal with them. But for the believers... And those who are coming in, I care, I love, but this is what I'm here for. So when I just see the body is just so disconnected, I had a word that was given to me recently and it was, it was disassociate. And it was given to me during a conference that I had recently attended. It was a, it was a Christian conference, a prophetic conference. And, um, there was, there's, there's layers to that word that was given to me because it was about disassociating just from the things of this world and really coming into the things of Christ and what our purpose and mission is at this time. So praise God. I hope this encourages someone, anyone who could be listening. I just pray a blessing. I just pray that you would enter into the body of Christ as a servant and you can learn along the way. The Lord is not wanting us to just get spiritually fat. He wants us to be in his kingdom, but he also has for us works to do and it's not out of striving it's not out of our flesh it is divine appointments that the holy spirit will line up and lead us that god will line up the holy spirit will lead us and it will bring others into the kingdom and and we are just to prophesy these things out to people so praise god god bless you all